CNN is now reporting that the most mostly peaceful demonstrations for racial justice are all Donald Trump's fault because they're violent riots serving no purpose at all. In the cable network's latest news show, Preposterous Sources, a Volkswagen pulls up and dozens of CNN commentators amazingly yet hilariously pour out onto the set and begin denouncing Trump for the violence that isn't happening in the mostly peaceful cities that are burning down for some reason that is Trump's fault. After gleefully honking his red rubber nose, Don Lemon tells his viewers, quote, let me pretend to be clear. These cities you see where innocent people are brutalized, this is Donald Trump's America or at least those parts of Donald Trump's America that are governed by Democrats, and that's why they're mostly peaceful. And I'm very serious about this, as you can tell from the faint moistness in my eyes, which I feel gives me the sensitive look of a graceful doe in a peaceful forest glade. But perhaps that's beside the point, unquote. Joe Biden has also emerged from his basement to praise the mostly peaceful protests that are actually riots that are Trump's fault, so he denounces them. Speaking to a broom closet he mistook for a meeting of very thin people reenacting the Bride of Frankenstein, Biden said, quote, Come on, man. These are people, when I look at them, I see the whole history of a kind of thing that we need to do better, because do I look like someone who would support radical leftists like my good friend Bernie Sanders or my running mate Kamala Harris? I mean, who do you think I am? No, really, who do you think I am? Because I can't remember. And while you're at it, where do you think I live? Because I'd like to get back in the basement, unquote. Biden then declared victory in the election and resigned the presidency, which would make Kamala Harris the first woman of color ever to become president in an old man's imagination. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Shape-shape, tipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, hurrah. All right, we are back laughing our way through the rapid fall of the Republic. Uh, please go on the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. We, I think we have over 100,000 subscribers already. We are trying to get to 16 million. Uh, so please uh, sign up as quickly as you can and leave a comment because if your comment is stupid enough, it will raise the level of conversation on the show and we will read it on the air. Today, Cora Hansen says, I was told to consume more vegetables. So <laughs> so I watched some Joe Biden clips. Uh, harsh, but fair, I think. Um, all right. Oh, here's some good news, by the way. You know, uh, you know how I'm always talking about my uh, Helix mattress and how much I love it because I'm up all night. And so I get to experience the comfort of a Helix mattress every single minute of the night until dawn finally comes up when I fall asleep for about three minutes. Well, Helix is now moving into a new area. They are trying, they've gone beyond mattresses. Now they're making sofas. Helix has launched a new company called Allform, and they're making premium, customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. I have one a love seat coming. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll replace, I don't know if you can see this ugly thing in back of me, but my wife just hates it. And so we're going to get a lovely new uh, love seat we can sit on together because we do love each other. Uh, these are modular designs, which means you can set up the exact shape of the sofa you want from an armchair to a sofa to 
a giant sectional. It also means that you can always buy a small sofa for your place now, and you can buy extra pieces for your sofa to grow with you later. And if getting a sofa without trying it in store sounds a little risky, you don't need to worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. It's more than three months, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash Clavin, and Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at that address, allform.com slash Clavin. So all you got to do is you got to know how to spell Clavin. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. No ease. All right, we got the mailbag coming up, so kiss your problems goodbye. But meanwhile, for those of us who see the hilarious side of soulless corruption, the left's sudden switcheroo from the mostly peaceful narrative to the violent but it's Trump's fault narrative has been a comedy bonanza. Obviously, they're in a panic as the polls shift Trump's way because the news media can't hide the riots anymore. That's funny, but it does sort of make you wonder, what exactly were they thinking in the first place? Did they really believe we would be okay with looting, rioting, arson, and savage attacks on innocents and police? Did they really think there were enough people in the country who hate themselves in America so much that they'd support mayhem everywhere? These media types, I know, are trapped in an iron bubble of lies, surrounded by people who think exactly the same way they do. But you think at some point it would have occurred to some of them that riots and violence are bad and most people prefer good over bad because it's good and bad is bad. But apparently that never occurred to them. I think they got tied up in the perfect rightness of their own logic. This is true. In any logical syllogism, if your premise is false, your conclusion will always be true. This is a fact. If grass is red then cows can fly. That's a true statement. If grass is red, cows can fly. As long as the premise is false, the conclusion, no matter how absurd, will be true. The left's premise is that every black or Mexican or Muslim criminal is really a victim of white oppression. The oppressor, by that logic, are mostly people who are not criminals. So the criminals are not criminals, and the not criminals are the criminals. This completely illogical conclusion is true because the premise is false. Criminals are not oppressed in America. They're just criminals. They broke bad. There may have been reasons they broke bad, but so what? There are always reasons and plenty of people who have the same reasons stick to their decency. The left believes that the not criminals deserve the attacks of the criminals because they're being paid back for oppression. So we were just going to stand for it. That's why we would just be fine with the riots, with their false premise in place. Every conclusion the left comes to, no matter how low, how violent, how ugly, how hateful, how nonsensical, is true. They're stuck in a trick of logic. Their premises are wrong, so all their conclusions are right. And since they're always right, they figured all of America would agree to just sit back and have their country destroyed. Surprise. All right. (laughs) Brian Stelter, one of the most prominent female journalists in the country, uh, who bravely went to bed and wept rather than meeting his deadline, which, of course, no male journalist would do. He was on C-SPAN plugging his new book, It's All Fox's Fault or something like that. And he got this call from a viewer who says, you guys lie more than Trump ever could. Here's the clip. This is how low you'll go, is that you went out and you made made lies and you... uh, you defamed a child, and then you had to settle out of court to pay this child for distorting information about this young individual. So I would say, you know, if anything that's happening at CNN and anybody who buys your book, it's really just one of those things that is dividing our nation. And I don't believe in dividing our nation. It hurts our great nation. And so CNN is really the enemy of the truth. And that's my opinion. Grateful for the call. 
and I know that you're not the old person that feels this way. There has been a process of radicalization that's happened in this country with media bashing that is absolutely unprecedented. Mainstream newsrooms are, are built to make sure that that bias doesn't seep into the news coverage. And yet sometimes it does. I, I absolutely acknowledge that. This is this is an amazing clip because <laughs> Crying Brian is basically not listening to this guy at all. He immediately goes into his routine. You've been radicalized. You're seeing you hate the news media. Trump has taught you to hate the news media. The guy's talking about Nicholas Sandman. He also talks about the chirons that say things like fiery but peaceful. CNN is a disinformation network. It is a anti-Trump, pro-Democrat network. Everybody knows it. Even the people who watch it know that that's what they're seeing. Everybody but Brian Stelter. Now, today what I want to talk about is something that is being called a conspiracy theory from Donald Trump. And we get this a lot. And conspiracy theories are funny things because I don't talk about them a lot because most of them are so crazy. But in a world where the news media is almost universally lying to us. They're not doing any reporting. They're uh, spreading uh, hateful generalizations about people they don't like immediately. They're not getting the facts. They're not telling people to be patient and wait for the facts. They're spurring the violence on. If there's a shooting and the victim is black and the cop and a cop shot him, then immediately it must be a racist killing. And they spread that before you even get to find out, oh, guess what? You know, uh, George Floyd was actually a guy who held hostages and uh, Jacob Blake was actually a, uh, an accused rapist. Before you get those that information, you're already the riots have already started. So the other day they asked Trump about QAnon. And that's not what I'm going to be talking about. But, you know, Trump made some trolley remark about QAnon. They said, oh, he's uh, you know, dealing with this far right conspiracy. Wikipedia defines QAnon saying it's a far right conspiracy theory alleging that a cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles running a global child sex trafficking ring is plotting against Donald Trump, who's battling them. No part of the theory is based on fact. And I back off for a minute and I think, okay, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. I grant that. But no part of it is based on fact. There's no Jeffrey Epstein who is sex trafficking underage girls to people who may have included an English prince and a former president of the United States. That didn't happen. He didn't go to prison and hang himself in an uh, high security cell with no guards to watch him, with no video. Suddenly all the video cameras were broken. And, and you wonder why these people have conspiracy theories about this stuff. We don't think people in Hollywood are abusing children every single day in, a, in an uh, epidemic of abuse. You know, really, the thing is, this is a conspiracy theory, but it's a conspiracy theory that's brought about by the fact that something is going on and the news media is not reporting it. Those two things go together and they form a crazy conspiracy theory, but it's not based on nothing. And that's what I want to take a look at today. First, let us talk about Ring. You've got to have Ring to protect your home. There's a thousand reasons why protecting your home matters to you. And just watching, for me, just being able to watch my home, to look around and look outside and use the Ring doorbells that have cameras on them, uh, to be able to see the perimeter of my house, it just gives me a sense of security because I'm up all night. And I want to know. Ring has security products for every corner of your home, inside and out. And best of all, you can see it all in one simple app. With Ring, you can keep an eye on your home no matter where you are, right from your phone. And if someone stops by or something's going on, Ring lets you know. It's peace of mind anytime knowing that your home is protected. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. And they've got... Uh, apps that turn on lights when people step on your property and you get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash Clavin. It comes with Ring's Video Doorbell 3 and Chime Pro, the perfect way to start your Ring experience, plus free 
two-day shipping. Go to ring.com slash Clavin. That's ring.com slash Clavin. Anyone comes to your door, just say, how do you spell Clavin? And if he knows, if he gets the answer right, call the police. All right. <laughs> it's K-L-A-V-A-N. So Duh. Donald Trump... <laughs> Donald Trump made a comment. He's talking to Laura Ingram about who is fu- funding Joe Biden's campaign. This is cut one. He's not controlling anything. Who, who do you they think is pulling him. Biden's strings? Uh, is it former Obama people officials? that you've never heard of? People that are in the dark shadows. People that. Oh, what are, does that mean? That sounds like conspiracy theory. Dark shadows. No, what is people that? that you haven't heard of. They're they're people that are on the streets. They're people that are controlling the streets. We had somebody get on a plane from a certain city this weekend. And in the plane, it was almost completely loaded with, with thugs wearing these dark uniforms, black uniforms with gear and this and that. They're, they're on a plane. Where's the where's this? I'll tell you sometime, but I, I, it's under investigation right now. So Trump is saying that the people who fund Biden and he's linking them to the people who fund the rioters who are moving about on, on planes from city to city. And of course, the, he uses the phrase dark shadows and the media goes after him. New York Times, Trump's latest conspiracy theory, people in dark shadows. You know, it's, it's a conspiracy theory. And listen, Trump has set himself up for some of this, right? When he was running in 2016, he had he went after Obama on his birth certificate, which was, I think, nonsense. He went after Ted Cruz, saying his father may have been involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. Trump complicates things for people who like him and, and support him and want to defend defend him because he does go off and say kooky things. But there's also other conspiracies he talks about, like Obamagate, which is an actual conspiracy to overturn an election. That was an actual conspiracy. He talks about China, what China is doing. And everybody said, oh, he's you know China's xenophobic, China, China, why all the China? I was laughing at him because of the way he keeps saying China, China. He was right. He talks about the invasion of people coming in, illegals coming in over open borders. He was right. So on the one hand, Trump can go off the reservation and say crazy things. And on the other, he often hits the nail on the head. And a lot of times, the minute you hear the press going conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, it simply means that they are about to be exposed as the corrupt people they they are. And because the news media is corrupt, because it is Brian Stelter level corrupt, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo level corrupt. I mean, I'm talking about minor corruption. I am talking about CNN level corrupt. We don't know. We are having a hard time getting information in a world where basically the elites are trying to get this stone of Donald Trump out of their shoes so they can continue with their globalization and their no borders and their free trade that makes them rich while the rest of us are sitting around uh, getting our universal guaranteed income and taking opiates until we die. That's basically the the image. So he... Trump links this funding with still talking to Laura, links this funding to the funding for these riots, these mostly peaceful riots that are going on around the country, but aren't happening. But are Trump's fault if they are happening, but aren't happening. All right. So this is uh, cut to talking about the funding for the violence. But the money is coming from somewhere. Money is coming from from some very stupid rich people that have no idea that if their thing ever succeeded, which it won't, they will be thrown to the wolves like you've never seen. So CNN fact checks this with Daniel Dale. He's their fact checker. And it starts out, oh, Trump is saying that that rich people are supporting these riots without any proof at all. That's the lead, right? He gets to the conclusion. And then Daniel Dale has a fascinating piece of I don't know what you call it, tap dancing that he does on his fact check. This is cut three. 
If you want, you can find a kernel of truth, and that is that there are certainly wealthy people, including famous celebrities, who have donated to racial justice organizations affiliated with the Black Lives Matter movement. But that's not what the president was suggesting here. In the context, in that interview, he was suggesting that rich people are funding, you know, looters, thugs, people causing damage, and there's simply no evidence for that. And I think it's also important to note that this matches baseless conspiracy theories floated not only by people on the far right uh, in the United States, including people affiliated with the Q non-movement, but anti-democratic leaders around the world who often like to suggest that, for example, uh, liberal billionaire George Soros, who is Jewish, is the one behind this stuff. So I'm not calling the president an anti-Semite or a dictator, but I think it's important to note that this rhetoric matches some ugly stuff from anti-Semites and authoritarians around the world. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So rich people are giving to Black Lives Matter, and there are Black Lives Matter riots all over the country, but there's no proof that rich people are giving to rioters and looters. And if you say that, you're like the people who are attacking George Soros, who is Jewish, so you're an anti-Semite. Which, by the way, accusing you of being an anti-Semite for attacking a person who happens to be Jewish is corruption per se, in the same way it's corruption to say you're racist because you attack a, a guy who is accused of being a rapist and he happens to be black. People who are attacking George Soros, some of them may be anti-Semites, maybe, I don't know. So anybody may, this guy may be an anti-Semite, who knows? But the point is, people who are attacking George Soros are doing it with uh, good and proper, for good and proper reasons, a lot of them. And I'm going to talk about Soros a little bit later on and get back to that. But that was, that was an amazing fact check. You know, let me go off on a, just a tangent. I'm going to get back to this, this, who is funding these riots in a minute. Now, let me just go back on a tangent for a minute. These, these fact checking things. The left really believes in these fact checkers and they really think, oh, yeah, we're fact checking these. I want to show you an example from our friends at Newsbusters, an example of a fact check on network news. And I want you to listen to it carefully. He's fact checking Donald Trump saying that there's more crime, that that Democrat cities are rife with crime. Let's cut nine. For weeks, the president has said violence is out of control in cities run by Democrats. But we wanted to make sure that you have the facts. Is there a difference in the crime rate in cities run by Democrats versus those led by Republicans? Tom Costello now with the latest in our series, America's Cities, Fact versus Fiction. Amid national protests over racial inequality and policing, President Trump has often repeated the same claim. The top 10 most dangerous cities in America are run by Democrats. The 20 worst, the 20 most dangerous are Democrat-run, worse than Honduras, worse than Afghanistan. The reality check, homicide rates are up in many cities run by both Democrats and Republicans, up 13% in Republican-led Miami, up 34% in Democrat-led New York, up 29% in Republican-run Tulsa through June, up 31% in Democrat-led Phoenix through July. So did you catch the moment when they picked your pocket, right? They said Trump is saying that the most violent cities in America are Democrats, but, and the fact checker says, but crime is rising everywhere. The 25 most violent cities in America are Democrat-run. Donald Trump is exactly right. There was no fact-checking there. There was no debunking there. Trump was right. The fact-checking was lying. A guy put on his tie in the morning, looked in the mirror, put on his tie, had his very f- fancy, expensive haircut, came into his high-paying job at a network news station and lied to you. Con, not to say it wasn't just a lie. It was a con. It was a switcheroo. So how are you supposed to know? How are you supposed to find the facts? How are you supposed to not become a crazy conspiracy So Donald Trump is saying there's dark funding behind Joe Biden and these violent people, and it's all the kind of the same thing. And also we know from 
Bill Barr, who I, the AG, who I think is one of the most honest and best uh, public servants in the country, uh, he's saying, too, that these people who are causing these riots are traveling from city to city. People have noticed this before. He is confirming it. This is cut four. These are the, the same people, many of them who came from out of town. Out of 175 arrests, 100 were from out of town. And some, uh, these are the same people using the same tactics that have been used in various cities, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, now Kenosha, Portland. And uh, they use these black block tactics, throwing projectiles at police uh, and literally trying to inflict injuries on police, arson uh, and rioting. They came equipped, as even the mayor of Washington acknowledged, they come equipped to fight. And uh, it's completely unacceptable, and the state is the first line of defense. If, if local leaders are committed to keeping the public safe, it can be done. Okay, so these guys, just, just like Trump said, they're flying around from place to place. That takes money. Someone's giving them money. Who is it? We have a right to know, and we know the press is lying to us. We know it. We just saw them. We just saw them lying to us, so we know they're lying to us. We have a right to know who is funding this destruction of our cities. Let us talk about the fact, let us welcome back, and this is a truly warm welcome, and I'll tell you why. I want to welcome back a sponsor, Omaha Steaks, and the reason I welcome them back is because they send me their steaks, and <laughs> their steaks are absolutely terrific. Omaha Steaks is offering a steakhouse grilling package with an exclusive offer just for you guys, just for my listeners. You go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code CLAVEN. If you can figure out how to spell it, enter that into the search bar, and this week, Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo franks free with your order. Stay at home, but eat like you're the best steakhouse in town. We're talking bacon-wrapped filet mignon. <laughs> I can barely say that without bursting into tears. Plus pork chops, chicken, kielbasa, and more delivered to your door. Uh, really, take it from me. This stuff is great. It's great quality meat. Uh, smoky sweet bacon, fork tender filet mignon, all for much less than going out to a restaurant. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Claven in the search bar to get this today. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak, it's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. And don't forget, when you order the Grand Summer Grill-Out package, you also get four Jumbo Franks and four Omaha Steak Burgers free to complete your steakhouse experience. OmahaSteaks.com, type Claven in the search bar to shop for summer grill packs today. All you got to do is know how to spell Claven. It's there are no ease in Claven. I just make it look this incredibly easy. K-L-A-V-A-N. All right. So Mike Pence says they are, no <laughs> Mike Pence there says they are investigating who it is who is burning down our cities all over the country. This is cut five. We're vigorously investigating where this is being organized from. I remember I remember when the um, when the, the, the rioting and the, the setting fire of, of buildings in Washington, D.C. was taking place, we actually heard that some organization was pre-positioning assets and resources uh, around the city. And so I, I think people can see this is an organized effort in part. Some of it may be spontaneous, and the radical left certainly has its adherence in, in every city in the country. But uh, but we're we're looking to the Justice Department to get to the bottom of it. So this is not a grassroots movement. And when Donald Trump says there is dark money, dark money in the dark shadows supporting Joe Biden and this movement and both his movement. 
I think that's worth taking seriously. I mean, this is not a grassroots movement. This is not people who come out suddenly and say, you know, um, gee, I'm really upset about the America and I'm going to paint a sign and do a march through the middle of town. First, we'll get a permit. Uh, we'll apply for a permit so we can have a proper legal demonstration, which is the way you exercise your First Amendment rights in, a, in a, an organized society. That's not what's happening, right? Kenosha is now Beirut. You know, they've destroyed cities. Um, Minneapolis is now, Minnesota is now one of the blue states in the country, is now a battleground state. And people are going, what happened? Why? Why are people voting for Donald Trump? Well, why do you think? Here's an article from The Federalist, an excellent website, Molly Hemingway's website. Uh, It's written by Sloan, I guess his name is pronounced Rockmuth. He talks about the Ford Foundation. He says it claims to be America's second largest private foundation. The Ford Foundation has poured almost $2 billion into groups active in, quote, disrupting systems to advance social justice, according to its grant database. The Ford Foundation boasts key members of the Joe Biden and Kamala Harris campaign as alumni executives. Harris's sister, Kamala Harris's sister and ex-campaign chairwoman Maya Harris, served as the Ford Foundation's vice president alongside Biden's now senior advisor, Cristobal Alex, who also served as the Ford Foundation's program director during the Obama presidency. Some of Obama's top staffers are now Ford Foundation's top staffers, Tara Rangarajan, now Ford's chief of staff, served as Obama's national security advisor from 2013 to 2016. Before that, she served as a special assistant to Susan Rice during the Benghazi affair. Another Ford exec, Xavier de Souza Briggs, served as President Obama's associate director of the Office of Management and Budget. During the final months of the Obama presidency, Ford Foundation gave prominent leaders of the Communist Workers World Party funding to form the Southern Vision Alliance, a collective of activists that includes members of the group raining down terror in Charlotte last week at the RNC convention. Remember, after the RNC convention, there was all that violence. This is part of this uh, group of activists. Part of those activists are, are part of this group. Shortly after getting $200,000 from the Ford Foundation in 2016, these activists performed one of the first violent and illegal teardowns of a historic monument in the country in Durham, North Carolina. After the activists were arrested and charged for rioting and property damage, they are being defended in court for free by lawyers from another Ford grantee, the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Flush with Ford Foundation cash, these activists continue to promote property destruction and violence during demonstrations. The Ford Foundation likes what it sees in the alleged criminal gang. This year, the wealthy nonprofit gave the group $750,000, more than tripling its inaugural donation, bringing Ford's total contributions to the uh, SVA, the Southern, what's it called? This Southern Vision Alliance, uh, bringing the Ford's total contributions to the Southern Vision Alliance to 1.2 million, according to the foundation's website. Marxist-Leninist groups also get Ford Foundation support, directed by Bernie Sanders senior advisor Philip Agnew. The Dream Defenders group seeks the release of criminals from prison and the end to the capitalist system in the United States. The Ford Foundation has given this group $1.1 million, according to its grant database. Social media accounts show the Marxist activists campaigning for Democrat mayors, state attorneys, and prosecutors in Florida who promise to end cash bail, defund the police, and free hardened criminals from jail. Ford cheers the success of its anti-police campaign from its website 
It says, quote, already we've seen our grantees at the forefront of the change that's taken place over the last few days from the city council of Minneapolis's pledge to dismantle the police department to reimagine public safety to Mayor Garcetti's commitment to divest $250 million of the LAPD's budget to support affected communities to Minneapolis and Portland, Oregon's voting to end the presence of police in their schools. Less police means more crime, more violence, less defense for decent people who remember from the opening, the decent people are the bad people because the bad people are oppressed by the decent people. That's the logic of these people. And look, you just heard this. This is a a powerful foundation, the Ford Foundation, funding these efforts, funding the violence, bailing people out and run by close contacts with uh, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and permeating the Democrat Party. There is a connection between the Democrat Party and the violence and the people funding it and the people working in the Democrat Party. It is not, that's not a conspiracy theory. It, you know, you can uh, gin it up into a crazy conspiracy theory, but at the basis, like, like the, the basis of the idea that there is worldwide abuse of young girls and boys, there is truth at the basis of this, and it's ridiculous to dismiss it. It's ridiculous to dismiss it just because it's Donald Trump. You go on the Black Lives Matter website, they've cleaned up some of their language, but they still say, uh, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degrees that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We are self-reflexive reflexive, and do the work to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift Black trans folk, especially black trans women, who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. How many black people in America support this? What happens when you press the donut, don't donut, the donate button at Black Lives Matter that is trying to destroy the American family and the American way of life? The money goes to Act Blue. What is Act Blue? Here's their description from their website. As a nonprofit, we're driven by the belief that our democracy works better when more people participate in civic life and when our campaigns and nonprofits are powered by the people they serve. That's why we've built a powerful online fundraising platform for Democratic candidates up and down the ballot, progressive organizations and nonprofits. You press the money to give to Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter sounds nice, like puppies are nice. That money goes to Democrats. The Democrats who get elected, obviously, are the same people who are supporting the things that are going on in the name of Black Lives Matter in these cities. You know, this is on the website. This is what they advertise. And let us talk for a minute about George Soros, because I am so sick of this idea that we can't attack George Soros without being anti-Semitic. You know, you go on, you... You Google George Soros. You Google. I Googled the word George Soros sinister and got three Google pages of how crazy, what a crazy anti-Semitic conspiracy theory it is to attack poor Mr. Soros. But let's not forget how Harry Reid used to go on and attack the Koch brothers on the in the Senate floor where he couldn't be sued for slander. That's why he did it. You can't be sued as a senator talking on the Senate floor. So he attacked the Koch brothers who had nothing near the influence or money that George Soros has. Now, George Soros, you know, this is true. I, I know people who are involved with George Soros and they will confirm this. He... Uh, over 15 years ago, he moved his financial head headquarters. Uh, to, how is it pronounced? Caraco? Is that how it's pronounced? It's a tax-free haven in the Caribbean. So he can protect his money while telling us where to spend ours, while telling us we should be a more socialist society. He's been confused, con- accused and convicted of insider trading. Uh, he crashed the British pound. He has made a lot of money uh, crashing economies and, and betting against you know economies. 
The main obstacle to a stable and just world order, Soros says, is the United States. I'm taking this from a City Journal article by Stefan Confer, okay? Now, a few years ago, DC Leaks, a group of adroit hackers, got into the Soros files and released them. Perhaps the most dis- notorious of the disclosures concerned Soros' Open Society Foundations, his big donation uh, place. Um, underneath its lofty rhetoric, the organization was clearly devoted to the eradication of national sovereignty. A key open society paper hacked in its entirety described the Syrian refugee crisis as an opportunity to shape conversations about rethinking migration's governance. In other words, get rid of borders and flood uh, the West with refugees. His One of his longstanding targets is the state of Israel. Uh, in the United States, Soros bankrolls a broad range of political and cultural causes. One is to destabilize the Roman Catholic Church and move it towards supporting things that are not traditionally Catholic, like gay marriage and so forth. And another Soros favorite is Black Lives Matter. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a group of global wealthy people connected to the Democrat Party who want to see our borders disappear, who believe capitalism is wrong, and, and, and the rich people who know they can thrive in a globalist society that no longer serves the purposes or the principles of the freest society on earth. Donald Trump is right. The shadows can't get dark enough for these people. I hope they get so dark they swallow them. All right. Let us talk about... Uh, <laughs> Nutrafol. Now, you know, I know you guys out there are just trying to think of ways that you can look like me, but 0% of women want to look like me. And hair loss is a problem for women, too. And Nutrafol is a woman's women's hair loss treatment. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you're among them, you're not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. Ladies, I know you're incredibly in love with me, but you don't want to look like me so you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Claven. and new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere, plus free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Claven. Spell it out. Think, sound it out. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Claven. Lots of ways you can watch and listen to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and of course, dailywire.com. And now we have an upgraded experience for you. Daily Wire is now on Apple TV and Roku. You can watch us on your TV. You have to be an insider member to watch live. So head over to dailywire.com slash Claven and use code watch to get 15% off your membership purchase plus a leftist tears tumbler. Again, that's dailywire.com slash Claven to get 15% off with code watch and down, download the Daily Wire on your Apple TV and Roku today. You got to know how to spell Claven. What is it? Um, I forgot. That's no, it's wait, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are no E's in Claven. All right. Mailbag coming right up. Mailbag. Dip, dip, potato, chip, 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 dip, dip, potato, chip. All right. That was just disturbing. I'm sorry. 
From Drew, from another Drew, dear Mr. Glavin, I'm currently reading your book, The Great Good Thing, and I find it very interesting because I'm an ethnic Jew. This is my memoir of my conversion to Christianity. I'm an ethnic Jew, although bar mitzvahed, I felt disconnected from faith for many years. Recently, I felt a yearning for religion. I had a son. I named him Luke. While reading The Great Good Thing, I learned that the book of Luke in the Bible tells the birth, life, and death of Jesus Christ. After learning this, I began reading the Bible for the first time and had an extremely emotional reaction. Without knowing the meaning behind my son's name at first, I've begun to realize the intense meaning attached to it. Since then, I've been noticing small but profound things in my daily life that make me wonder if they all share some cosmic connection. I want to believe in a higher authority, but can't help but feel I'm acting out of vanity. Do you think I am just attributing coincidence to the existence of a higher power? Thanks. Love the show. It has provided moral guidance for me in a time of need. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you for saying that. Um, this is a complicated uh, question, and I want to answer it carefully, so I'll take a little time. Do coincidences you know, come from another place? And I believe in a lot of ways that, yes, they do. You know, we, I was just talking to uh, Spencer Clavin, no relation uh, about this, that the narrative of materialism is so powerful that you can't talk about the supernatural without sounding like a lunatic, even to yourself, right? If I come on and talk about demons or de the devil or, you know, supernatural forces, even I think, wow, I sound like I'm nuts, you know? But that doesn't mean they're not there. That doesn't mean those supernatural forces are not in play. Here's the way I think about this, okay? When we see, we see light in a certain way, right? I look at the light and I see light. But light doesn't look like that except to me. That's my, the way my eye and my brain translates light, okay? Scientists can measure light in other ways, and they see other things. They see particles and waves and all kinds of crazy things that light does, and they see all that stuff. But even that, in measuring it, transforms it into something measurable, which ultimately doesn't get to the actual thing that it is, which is beyond our knowledge. This is a Kantian philosophy. We can know life as it appears, but we can't know reality in, an, in itself. We cannot know reality in itself. There's always something we're interpreting, right? And that's why the left is able to say, well, there's no reality. There are just narratives. No, our narratives are our way of communicating a truth that is beyond our knowledge. We know the truth. We know the human experience of our truth, of, of truth, but we don't know the ultimate truth. That ultimate truth is beyond us. It's in you know, in another kingdom, my trilogy, uh, Adventure Trilogy, which is now available as a, an audiobook. The first two volumes are avail available and the third will be available in March. In another kingdom, there's a scene where there's a battle against the evil forces, the good guys battling the bad guys. And when seen from below, the bad guys just look like a miasma, a fog. But when seen from above, you can see that they are actually demons. In other words, two things can be true at the same time. A disease can be caused by germs. We experience it as being caused by germs. But it can also be an expression of evil intent that we don't know, that is beyond our knowledge. The people who talked about demons and devils and coincidences and all the, the, the supernatural things, they weren't nuts. They were just as smart as you are. They were just as observant as you are. They were describing the world. They were describing it in a certain way. Now, because we can't know the world at that level, you have to be incredibly humble at dealing with the world in that level. And that's why I can't stand it when I hear Christians tell me, oh, the, these are the end times, these are signs of the end, or, you know, the, I know God is telling me this, or I know God is telling me this. You have to be incredibly humble in the knowledge that you can't know. And you know what the proof is that you can't know God beyond the human? Jesus Christ. God presented himself as a man in a human setting so we could know him. 
He said to us, you know, you were just slaves before. Now you're my friend because now you know me. Now you know what I want. That's the human version of God. But we know that there is a father God beyond our understanding. No man has seen that God. No man can comprehend that God. No one can. We understand God through Jesus Christ, the human experience of God. So you're having coincidences that are speaking to you about the yearning that God, for God, the yearning God has that you will turn in his direction. He sent you a book, my book, that suddenly tells you about something you didn't know about the name you gave your son. And now there are other coincidences turning up. Now, you can't know exactly what the meaning of those things are. You can't know exactly what they are, but they're speaking something into your heart, and you can follow that message in your heart and find out if it takes you to a good place. That is really the best that you can do. God has spoken to me, I'm sure of it, numerous times through coincidences, uh, through interest, you know, interactions with other human beings when I suddenly felt the presence of God was speaking to me. It has always turned out to be something that has inspired me and moved me to a better place. I don't pretend to say, oh, yes, I know exactly what God is telling me to do. And, you know, like I hear voices in my head and they're telling me to go off and do some crazy thing. No, that's where people go wrong. You have to act humbly. You have to act humbly in the presence of the supernatural. I believe it's real. That faith has never steered me wrong. But I always act with humility because I know what I don't know. So that's my answer. I know it's not exactly uh you know, what you want. It's not like, yes, these are all messages from above. But, you know, obviously, it seems obvious to me that God is reaching out to you, that he yearns to have you in his fold, that he yearns to give you the joy of not knowing him. You know, you're not going to get, you're not going to go wrong by following that path. All right. Um, from Ashley, I work for a public media entity at the risk of jeopardizing my job. I will not state which one or where. When I began my career in public television, it was largely due to my passion for journalistic integrity. Seeing figures like Jim Lehrer, who took the job of journalists with such reverence, was deeply inspiring to me. As leftism eats the media field from the inside out, I find myself disillusioned with where we're headed. Is there anything I can do on the local side to retain some sense of balance between right and left? Is there hope for journalistic integrity? I can't help but cling to optimism that there's still time for us to change the course of the journalistic field. Any insight from the almighty and all-knowing Clavin would be greatly appreciated. Well, of course, there's always time. There's always time to, you know, until there's not time, there's time. Uh, and yes, we, you know, you can speak to people of goodwill within your organization, or you can move off and create other new organizations and new venues where you can tell the truth and re restore journalistic integrity because it's needed. And when something is needed and you fulfill that need, usually you can get an audience. That's why uh, Fox News worked so well. You know, it, it, it filled the need that nobody else was filling. The thing you can't do is you can't do it without risk. And this is the, the problem I have with a lot of people on the right who are moaning and groaning that the greatest country on earth is being destroyed, that the greatest political idea on earth is being uh, betrayed. And then they say, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, it'll cost me money. It'll lose, I'll lose my sponsor. I'll lose my job. You know, I'm not telling you to walk into the lion's den. I'm not telling you to go and get your head blown off uh, to, to fight for your country, though people have done that. And that's why we're here. We're here because people have gotten their heads blown off. So you can take some risk, right? You can take, you can judge some uh, risk that you can take. Maybe your boss will get angry at you. Maybe you'll get fired. I don't know, you know, but maybe there's some way you can sit down and talk to him and say, hey, you know, I think we're betraying our brief here and maybe we have to do this a little differently. You have to do it. 
You have to do it. It can't just be me. It can't just be people, uh, you know, crazy people like me who are willing to lose their Hollywood career to speak up. It can't just be that guy. It's got to be all of us. It has to be all of us. The old days when I could tell you to keep your head down uh, and, you know, let us take care of it and let us speak the truth. Uh, no, those days are gone. You know, obviously they're burning our streets down. They're communists in the major um, American party, leading the major American party. If you're going to speak for freedom, you got to speak for freedom. And you're right. This is a center, a central problem. The corruption of journalism by leftism is a central problem. Leftism corrupts everything it touches. It turns everything it touches into itself. You think, oh, that's Yale University? No, it's leftism. You think, oh, that's the New York Times? No, it's leftism. Leftism eats, just like you said, it eats out the center of everything. It just becomes the mask of the New York Times with left the face of leftism behind it. It becomes the mask of Yale University with the face of leftism behind it. It becomes the the mask of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, with the face of leftism behind it. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's just the way it is. All right. I'm almost out of time, but I'll take one more um, from Patrick. Uh, dear Andrew Clavin, Supreme Chancellor of the Multiverse, Father of A's and Breaker of E's, I want to ask you about how Christian churches today should handle race relations. Oftentimes it's done under the woke BLM perspective where white people have to take collective guilt for the past ex- oppression of black people. I find that this approach explicitly and perhaps deliberately goes against the word of God. What would you offer from the Bible as a counterargument to the woke approach on race relations infecting churches today? You know, you're right. It goes that goes against God. The the answer is in the Bible. It's right there. In you know, God, man and woman are made in God's image. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, no Jew or Gentile. We are all one in Christ. That's the answer. There is no other answer. That's the mountaintop. When you're standing on the mountaintop, to be progressive, to progress from the mountaintop, is to go downhill. So that you know, that is just a complete. A complete statement right there. If there's no Jew or Greek, if there's no black or white in Christ, then there can be no white guilt. There can be no black lives. As a Christian, you don't have a black life. You just have a Christian life. You have a life in God. You have a life as representing the image, the person in whose image you were made. And that is the only way you can treat people. The only way you can treat people as a Christian is loving them as individuals. There's no such thing as loving a group. It doesn't exist. You know, nobody loves groups. Nobody loves mankind. You know, when you love people who love mankind are sometimes the worst people <laughs> in the world. You don't love mankind. You love the person next to you. And that's what it's about. All of this stuff, adopting, um, Adopting the left's ideas is a desire to be relevant by the church. They want to have an effect. They want to make the world a better place. Show me the quote in the Bible where Jesus says, I will help you make the world a better place. He doesn't. He says, follow me and the world will hate you. Follow me and the world will crucify you. Follow me and in the world you will have trouble. But I, Jesus, have overcome the world. The churches have embraced the world when they embrace leftism, when they embrace embrace Black Lives Matter, when they embrace language like marginalized people. They are embracing the world and they are no longer the church. And that's just a fact. It's in the book. It's right there. You're not here to change the world. You're here to change yourself. You're here to change yourself into the image of God, closer and closer into the image of the person God made you to be, which is his image. That's your job. That's the purpose of life. That's what you should be doing, not talking this nonsense. All right, I got to stop there, but I will be back again tomorrow. Remember, I got a Friday show this week because I took Monday off. So the Clavenless weekend will be postponed. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. 
We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.